Sports Saturday. It's complete. Another touchdown. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. BYU football team wrapped up an eventful signing day this week. And joining me now is head coach Kalani Satake to talk about that signing day class. But First, I do got to ask you, Kalani, how's the how was the in-home visits and the food tour? I got to imagine there was some good eats on, on the in-home visit tour. Oh yeah, I, I ate a lot, and I, I mean, I ate, one day I ate three dinners, so um, that was that was uh, a lot of fun, and um, and uh, you know, I, I, I did I actually did really good, but I don't think anybody knew that I it looked like I was hungry every time. So I I have a bottomless pit. That I can just eat. Uh, I, most people eat till they're full. I eat till my mouth gets tired. <laughs> One of the recruits, though, did say you had a taco night. It was Reiner Swanson. He said that you were pretty modest. Only had two tacos while he pounded 12. <laughs> no, I think he forgot all the chips and salsa that I ate, though. Like, I mean, tacos are a little bit too messy. You got to you gotta be like, you got to pinch it and you got to eat it a different way. I, I'm more of a nachos type of guy. So that's, that's the only problem is that I, I ate tons of chips and salsa guacamole and uh yeah i, I skipped the tacos I, I went two tacos to show that i appreciate them but the rest was just like thrown all together i i ate it like a platter more than just a, a number of tacos how, <laughs> that's awesome how, how important though are those in-home visits in these in this process told me get these players to to sign the letter of intent on signing day how, how critical are those visits you think well, they are to me, and, and the, the hard part for the head coach is you're only allowed one home visit, and so it's it, it's hard to get out and see all the recruits. Um, but our, our assistants can do one a week, uh, and so you you don't want to get it so like it's 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 um, kind of a nuisance, you know. I, I think um, maybe the home visits are good, but at the same time, you don't want to be like the unwelcomed home teacher. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you 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 want to keep it like fun and about football and all that stuff and you, you just want to just keep it focused but at the same time it's really good to get in their home get in their element where they're comfortable see them interact with their family with their mom and dad their siblings it's a really cool setting where you can get kind of get get them on on their best uh moment at home and then and just try to see if it's a good mix for them to be at byu there's not a not an easier way to see it than than be actually in the home well, I bring that up because it seems like there was a, a pretty good hit rate of correlation of guys that you made paid visits to in December, and they actually ended up signing with this 2024 class. And I think a big highlight of this 2024 class is along the defensive line. Is it unreasonable, Kalani, to think that this wave of talent that's coming in that's going to be competing next fall or whenever they matriculate into the program – that they're going to instantly improve the pass rush and generate more sacks and tackles for loss. I, I think that'll happen. I, I think that, and then the guys being in the system for another year, um, understanding exactly what we're trying to do uh, as as a defense all together. But we we had to bulk up the group and and get more to work with. I, I think number one, it gives you more talent to get things done, especially the specified um, talent to get a, get 
you're a specialized talent to get to the quarterback in the pass rush. And if you want to do that, that comes in two forms. One is add talent to the group, and then another is uh, develop the talent that's already currently on the team. But for me, it's the other element, which is create create competition. Create competition. Right now, guys are looking at this list and going, oh, man, I, I better make sure I got my stuff right. Uh, it, it makes it a lot easier for me and for Jay to, to figure out who, who can be the guys on the field for us. And this, is a, this is a group of young men that can come in and play right away as true freshmen and as junior college transfers. That that's evident that they can get it done right away. And then, and then adding like a guy like Jack, who brings um, and not, not only does he bring size and athleticism and speed, but he's done it and he's had he's had um, more sacks than than, than than we we have as a sack leader on our team. So um, you have to have the ability, but you have to have competition. I think you want to get the best of both worlds in this. When you mentioned Jack, that's Jack Kelly from Weber State, and I think people that maybe aren't familiar with the FCS ranks or, or don't follow the transfer portal as closely, Jack Kelly was getting a lot of interest from power conference schools. What more can you say about what it took to get him to, to BYU and, and the competition that was there for Jack Kelly? Well, I think for Jack is the connection that he had with Jay Hill, number one. But then also just getting getting a connection. He has a connection with, with Justin Anna too. So um, being here, being being part of that, he has guys on the team that 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 are currently on the team that are good friends of his, Jake Icorn, um, you know, and Eddie Heckert and, and and Camden. So the fact that he has people to talk to about it, and then and then his connection with Jay Hill as a coach. But this isn't this isn't a defense that he has to learn now. So when you have all these other P four schools offering him uh, a lot of different things, a lot of promises, um, the one that they can't promise is that that he already knows their defense. So. Um, that that was one thing that was huge for Eddie and, and for Cam being here is that they know the defense, they recognize everything, and the terminology is the same. So that I think him being familiar with it is going to help in that, in that aspect, but he's also such a big-time playmaker, and he knows what he wants to do. He's a local kid you know, from Kearns, and so I, I know he wants to be close to his family, um, but, man, he's such a big-time playmaker. And that's, I say that, I say that, but everybody on this list, our big time playmakers, and we're really fortunate to have them. Well, it, I think that it's it's definitely the case. I mean, the the, the, the type of competition that was there for these players, uh, it speaks for itself. The, the offers these guys were getting, it, does that is there is it un, maybe unrealistic to expect that these guys can can step in and and maybe unseat proven commodities already? Or are you really wanting to see just complete competition across the board in the program next year? Well, I think we have to see competition, and, and, and but you have to also have guys that are ready to play. Yeah. Uh, I think um, development has to be a lot faster now. We don't have a lot of time to wait uh, for years in development. The, the development's got to be a little bit more. Um, you got to have a little bit more. It can't be as raw as what we've done in the past, Mitch. You, and you, you know that. You've seen some of our guys yeah. that are raw get on the field because of injuries and depth and all that stuff, and. And, and, and we, we suffer because of it. So now having talent, the only thing that we're lacking is experience. But at least you got guys that are talented that can play right away at that position. We don't need to develop them too much. These guys are pretty much looking at their size and their, their weight. They can do a lot of things for us right now. Kalani Sataki is my guest here for a few more moments. The, when you talk about raw and maybe potential and upside, 
I think that kind of embodies the quarterback unit right now. And there's a lot of intriguing options returning with Jake Retzlaff, who got a lot of starting experience. Ryder Burton's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, and then Kate Finnegan, Nick Billups return. But then also you add Noah Lugo, who will be joining the program in January. What's kind of the thought process behind him? Is it developmental or are you looking at him as someone to go in and compete like the rest of those guys in 2024? Well, we, we think he's got the ability to compete right away. And, and, and um, it's just a matter of, of experience. And, and the guys that are in the office already have already a, a, a head start. So uh, can he make up the difference with their head start? We'll see. But the, but the ability is there. And you look at even Enoch. He's going on a mission right now. Enoch Watson uh, out of, out of uh, ALA with, with Ty Detmer and, and Max Hall. That guy is <laughs> – he has all the ability, and he's tough, and he can run. I mean, these guys are ready-made players right now. He just decided to start a mission first. And and then you look at the rest of the group. I mean, we, we have a good number of players. The, the hard part is going to be who to sink the reps into, right? And that's not my job. That's A-Rod. He's got to figure that out. And and then, and, and then maybe things will change. We'll see. But I think the guys are, are, are amped up, ready to play, and they're ready to compete. We just need to keep adding to adding fuel to the competition. And will that also consist of adding personnel out of the transfer portal that quarterback unit? What's kind of the latest there? Yeah, I, I think I think we've we've got a lot of attention from the from the um, portal with the quarterback position. A lot of people uh, contacted us that went into the portal, and um, you know, for one way or another, when, when we start talking, they're either a, a good fit, but not not right away. And and um, I think we have some really good options right now. And uh, I think we're, we're going to hone in on one. We'd like to add uh, one, for, uh, an experienced guy from the portal. Uh, whether we do that or not, it was yet to be seen. But I think we're kind of leaning that way. It adds to the competition. Um, the quarterbacks know about it already. We're very transparent with them on it. Um, we, we have to be ready, and that position needs to have um, as much experience as we can there that go along with the talent. Nebraska head coach Matt Rule made a lot of headlines uh, with his commentary about transfer portal QBs and QBs in general that to get a high-end guy these days can be a million or $2 million. Is that like the commentary quarterbacks are saying to BYU? Like, yeah, I'm interested, but what's how much is the, the price going to be? Is, is that been what your experience has been with some of these quarterbacks that you've been talking to? Yeah, very common. Uh, um not all of them, but but a good number of them have already offers from other places for money, and that's not going to ever be us. At BYU, we're not going to recruit a quarterback for that price tag. That's just not what we do. And so um, we're, we're going to do recruiting our way, and um, and and if it has to be NIL, uh, that's 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 actually the end of it for us. With a lot of recruits, they contact us and we say, hey, we don't talk NIL, uh, but we we do have a collective. We do have systems in place but we're not going to be that's not our focus is money uh as soon as we say that we lose a lot of recruits that's okay we, it's a filtering process for us and and um you know we're in, in, in the right spot i mean you, you can only imagine what nil could do for you imagine if jimmer for were right now in in this peak this is nil would, would we really have to worry about him making money i mean you know that's but but we would be we would be mistaken if we made that the focus Make the, the focus is his playing ability and his ability to lead and make plays. So I think for us, we have a fan base. We have a system in place. 
for guys to, to actually do their name, image, and likeness. But how do you how do you project that before you even did anything on the field? You know what I mean? That's, yep. I, I think what we're trying to do is keep it for, within the guidelines of what mm-hmm. is expected to be, which is name, image, and likeness. Our guys do make money from name, image, and likeness, and I, I appreciate the opportunities that they have. Um, but it's it's not going to be to what everybody else is doing, which is is that really name, image, and likeness? You know, but I'm not going to hear. I'm not here to critique other people. I'm just saying we're 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 doing things the right way according to what we want and what the type of athletes we want to coach. It's working really really well for us, and I, I'm excited about the ready-made players. I look at like I, just before I forget. Ready-made players, guys like like um, you know the the I wasn't here when 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 Bronco and K-pop recruited him, but Fred Warner was a ready-made player. But he was he was talented. I say ready-made player. He was talented, played right away, but they didn't play him at the position that he's playing in the NFL right now. They played him at the position where they feel like he could be best suited and have a little bit more room and be in space. We did the same. When he got bigger and bulkier, that happened in the NFL when he grew and got and grew with his hair. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when when the dreads grew, his body grew and his muscles started to form a lot more into his adult adult body. And now he's playing middle linebacker and the best middle linebacker in the NFL. That so a lot of these guys will be ready made. I, I said the talent. Maybe I should stop saying ready made. They're, they're they're talented players that their talent can be on the field and can help us win games if need if they needed to get on the field as true freshmen or JC players right away. I'm curious, too, just to follow up, Kalani, do you feel that the BYU way can put your this program in a position to contend for championships in the Big 12? Because, I mean, that's that's always been the standard of BYU's championship football, and, and can it work in a, in a power conference world where it seems like the college football narrative is just inundated with money, money everywhere you look? We, we have no choice, Mitch. That's, that's how we're going to function. That's how we've decided as a program and as a university that our program and our athletics will be run differently. We are going to find unique ways to do it, and we're going to find ways to win championships through culture and through what we're doing right now. For us to try to do it like everybody else, it won't work because that's not the mission of the school. It's not the mission of our department. Definitely not the mission of what we're trying to get done as a football program. So um, when, when we're, in terms of what you're saying, do we have donors and, and people that are available? Of course. Are we asking them to, to go buy our players? No, because even if we did have the money, it, it's not what the focus we want to be on this team about. It, it, it's like I mentioned, Jimmer. Let's go find let's go find the football versions of Jimmer. Let's go find Tyler Algiers and, and all these guys that can make plays from the beginning. Puka Nakua, and then and then they'll make money. Those guys will make money from the name, image, and likeness. But if you're going to call it NIL, then you better be paying through NIL. Not not pay for play. Yeah. I think there's a there's a misconception that NIL is happening when it's actually not. Name, image, and likeness is is used in too broadly right now. We are going to keep it what it is, which is name, image, and likeness. And our guys will will get extra cash, but uh, probably not the amount that everybody else is asking. Definitely not going to pay the price tag that people think quarterbacks are going to be at. We're we're not going to be in that game, and so. Uh, we we will have guys that want to be here for the right reasons, and and um, and and we'll be focused on what matters the most: people, experiences, opportunities, network, um, the, the spirit of what we have here at BYU, and it's going to be in alignment with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. 
last couple of things here for you, Kalani. I know your time's precious, but uh, I, no I, worry. Look at, I look at this roster and uh, and I see like the, these names with the signing day, and it feels like you're, you're getting pretty close to really getting a, a good sense of maybe what the 2024 roster could look like. Is it close to being done? Is that fair, or, or is it still a long way and you're still like barely scratching the surface of the makeup of this thing? Well, I think I think in body types and talent, we're really, really close. And, and I think that's probably what you're you're getting to. You can see, uh, and I can tell. I mean, I, I know I know you love BYU football and BYU sports, and so you can see the the, the excitement in your voice because you know there's tons of talent here, and so um, there's also tons of talent that are coming home from their mission. No one's talking about those guys, but man, they're, they're, I can't wait till those guys get on the field, right? And so when you put it all together, what we did last year is we had to put people in spots so that we can get some good depth right away and have them learn the, the, learn the system and be in, in, in included in our, in our culture, um, we will be better. We were turning a lot of offensive production. And then I know people like, well, our offense didn't do well last year. The, the, the talent wasn't the reason. There's a lot of other reasons that, that, that we didn't produce. And we're, we're addressing all of it. And so as we start to do that and we start to put the right pieces in play, I think you – and, and you're a little bit more. Uh, um, you have a different perspective than every, than even a normal fan because you can see in real time, and you actually you actually can evaluate and see the talent for yourself. That's why I think there's a lot of excitement and energy going towards this. Um, a lot of expectations. We already have high expectations, so now we're getting the talent that can meet it. And, and when that happens, the talent that are currently on the team, it, it'll it'll raise their level of play too because competition does that. The, the goals that you have for um for for yourself and the, the program the players the coaches everyone involved as you kind of move this thing forward and turn the calendar to 2024 what's just kind of the the theme you really want for this program heading into next year yeah i think i think um everybody knows that we're not we're not uh excited about the way we finished the season and and not getting the bowl eligibility but at the same time there's some there's some correction that needs to take place and 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 I always I always start with myself as the head coach. What can I do different? What can I do better? And, and and what can I do to improve? And as I start looking through that, I start to evaluate everywhere else. I think it's important that I um, that I address it and that I get to it and and and, and make the necessary uh, changes. And some of them are very very minute. Others are very big. And and I think as we get to those the points. Uh, my, I hope everybody knows that my my mindset is always to do what's best and what's right for the players, and then also to do what's right and what's best for the fans. And so, as we work through that, I'm not perfect as a person, but I, I do feel that I am doing my best and I'm doing the right things as a coach, as a head coach, to get this program right. And I think the goals in terms of 2024, I think sky's the limit for this group. I, I, I um. Uh, I know that it's going to take a lot of hard work and dedication and sacrifice, but we know what it's like now as a team. We, we know what it's like to go through the Big 12 conference, we, to go through that schedule. And that, that's a, to have that reference is huge. Um, I say that because going into the, the – after the Oklahoma State game, as our team went into off-season conditioning in the weight room, uh, there's a, there's a new, new focus that I've never seen before. That's because they know what to expect now. And as new players come in, return missionaries and these players that we that we sign come in, uh, whether they enter this semester or next semester or during the summer, 
they're going to have a, a reference to go to our players and say, what was it like? And our players will tell them what it was like. We didn't have that reference before. All we had was me and A-Rod and Jay saying, hey, we're going to go into this new conference. going to be really tough going to a P5. But even going into the Big 12 was way different even for us. Even though we knew that it would be an adjustment, it, I think it was a little bit – there were some surprises, one of them being that the Big 12 is a lot more physical than people want to give it credit for. You know, and, and, and we, we, we didn't understand all that until we kind of went through it and we saw how it affected our team. And so we have to have a different approach into the offseason. We have to find a way to get bigger and stronger at a rapid rate. <laughs> but I think the players, their, their mindset will be different now. When we ask them to gain weight, and I, I, I've said this before, you ask them to gain 10 pounds because it will help them in the, in the season. And some of these guys only gain five or six pounds. Well, I think they're going to gain 10 now. You know, it, it's the, the reference matters more than anything. And as we go to the second season, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think we can accomplish a lot of our goals that we want. Number one is to be the best we possibly can be. I think if we can get to that, we'll be in really good shape by the time we hit uh, week one. He's the head coach of the BYU Cougars. He is Kalani Satake. Merry Christmas, Kalani, to you, your your wife, Timberly, your kids. Uh, always appreciate the conversations that could go on and on with you, but I know you're a busy man. And, and again, enjoy the holidays and looking forward to another year of Cougar football. Can't wait to cover it. Appreciate you, my man. Mitch, thank you for all that you do for BYU sports, and specifically for BYU football and your coverage. To all Cougar Nation, thank you. Love you guys. Uh, go Cougs. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. Thank you.